When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Casey Neistat, and this is the Wired Autocomplete interview. Ah, well, I mean, I'm a little nervous. Whenever I Google my own name, it gets a little sketch, but um, I'm here for it, and I am ready. Okay, what made Casey Neistat famous? Probably it's like my striking good looks, I think is what put me out there in front. You know, if not that, maybe the early viral films that my brother Van and I made. 2003, three years before YouTube, was the first time we had a movie that like went super viral. Is this all one take? Yes, sir. What did Casey, you should have one that says, does Casey Neistat bite his fingernails? Because the answer to that is a strong yes. What did Casey Neistat do before YouTube? So I've really only ever had two professional like, endeavors in my life. One is being like a filmmaker, a YouTuber, or whatever, and the other one is being a professional dishwasher. I worked in like a, a kind of a dumpy seafood restaurant in, in New England, and I would like scrub chowder pots and pots and pans, and I mean, I'm still a good dishwasher, I just don't do it professionally. What camera Casey Neistat uses? Whatever I have in my hand. My favorite camera right now is like the Sony A7S III, I think. It's just easy and it looks super pro, but also it's like whatever cell phone I'm using at the time is a camera that I'll use. GoPro is like rock solid. Insta360 lets me do like tricks and people think I have like a crew with me, but it's just like a little $200 camera. Whatever's at arm's length is my favorite camera in that moment. What sunglasses does Casey Neistat wear? Okay. I always wear the same sunglasses. This isn't necessarily an endorsement. I mean, unless Ray-Ban, you wanna, you can call me, but they are Ray-Ban folding wayfarers. So they're like fold, and I find the folding ones wrap around your head better. I've got a huge head, so they stay on better. But then like the paint and all that is, that's more me, not Ray-Ban. What app? did Casey Neistat make? In 2015, my partner Matt Hackett and I launched a social app called Beam, B-E-M-E. And Beam was like, kind of like a predecessor or a rougher version of like Snapchat stories. And unfortunately, Snapchat stories is just better. We did really well with the app, but we never had like the broad appeal of Snapchat. But starting that company, making that app was one of like the greatest endeavors of my life. I love doing it. How does, how does, how does, uh, who's got fingernails or a Sharpie? How does Casey Neistat fly drones in New York City? Okay, flying a drone in New York City is against the law. But. But somebody told me that, and that's how I fly drones. You'll always notice my New York City drone footage is like garbage, because it's like a little, 
baby drone. How much does Casey Neistat sleep? Short answer is as much as possible, but usually that's like five hours, six hours a night. I hate sleep. Sleep, the wind, and cobblestones. Those are my enemies in life. I respect them, I fear them, but what a pain in the ass. How did Casey Neistat meet Candace Poole? My wife. We were both invited to a bar mitzvah in Houston, Texas, and we kind of like knew each other in New York. And I remember she called me and she's like, hey, I'm from Houston. If you need a place to stay, you can stay at my parents' house. And I was like, excellent. They like gave me a like, like guest room at her parents' house. And I just, you know, did everything I could to try to sneak into Candace's room. Didn't work out, but that's, that's how things got started. How does Casey Neistat make money? I never made money until I started really with like YouTube. You know, when I was like a teenager, I was on welfare, I had no money. And then it wasn't like a straight line up into the right of making money, it was like one of these. And like sometimes it'd be all the way down there. Like when I started my tech company in 2015, I was like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and I couldn't afford to pay Candace Poole, my wife, my share of the rent she'd have to cover for me. So I was like in debt then. And then I started YouTube and I sold my tech company and like did stuff like that and I started to make money then. So like it's, it's complicated. That's fine, right? What a question, okay. Where's Casey Neistat from? You think they mean like where was I born or like they wanna know the history of the Neistat lineage? The whole origin story. The whole origin story. Nana was from Yonkers, New York and then moved to Southeastern Connecticut after the war in the 40s and 50s. And that's where my like dad was born. And then that's where I was raised. So like Southeastern Connecticut. Connecticut's like a fancy state and most people you meet in New York City when they say I'm from Connecticut, they're from like the, like Greenwich, like the rich part. I was from like literally the other side of the tracks, rotten Connecticut, like a military industrial town. When Reagan left office and Clinton, Clinton was after Reagan, right? Clinton came in, nobody knows, no one in here. No. Clinton came in, like all my friends, parents lost their job at the submarine base because military expenditures were cut. Like that's what I remember from my childhood. I moved to New York City when I was 18 or 19 or something like that. Where did Casey Neistat go to school? Mostly in Southeastern Connecticut. I went to Gales Ferry Elementary School. I went to Ledger, junior high school. I went to Ledger High School until freshman year, and then I ran away from home and moved to Williamsburg, Virginia. My brother Van was at William & Mary. He adopted me so I could go to high school in Virginia, where I went to, God, I wish I could remember the name of it. It was like something town, Jamestown High School or something, for one year, and then that was it. Sophomore year, I think was the last year of high school that I, I completed. Where does Casey Neistat run? Wherever I am. The New York City Marathon is exactly three weeks from right now. I used to run a lot of marathons. I think this will be like my 24th or 25th marathon. Now I run one marathon a year, which is New York City. I will never miss it. It's my favorite day in New York. And I'm running this year for a fantastic nonprofit called Project Healthy Minds, which you know tries to destigmatize mental health issues, and it's something close to home for me. But the New York City Marathon is just the greatest day of the year in New York, whether you're a spectator or a runner. But as a runner, it's like you and 60,000 other people being celebrated all day long and celebrating the city. Where is Casey Neistat's studio? My studio's in Chinatown in New York City. Tribeca is the neighborhood next to Chinatown that's like fancy. Sometimes I'll say Chinatown because it's right on the border and Chinatown's the truth. But then if I want it to sound fancier, I'll say Tribeca. But the truth is I'm like right on the edge of, yeah, it's a great spot. All right, holy smokes. When is snack? Does Casey Neistat edit his own videos? I edit all my own stuff. A thousand videos on my YouTube channel. And I would say every single one of them with the exception of, of a couple, literally like two, maybe three, I edited completely myself. The other two or three that I didn't, I made with my friend Max, who's a better editor than me. And he and I would like sit together and cut it together. But yeah, I edit everything myself. Mostly because like, 
I don't know what the story is or the video is. I do the writing in the edit. I don't know what the video is. I have an idea, but it's in the edit that I find the story. A friend of mine works for Mr. Beast, and I've been on a couple of Mr. Beast shoots. We went to South Africa together a year ago, and that guy for a YouTuber runs the level of production that's like much closer to Hollywood. He's got teams of people. It's super like efficiently run. He's got professionals everywhere, and it's overwhelming. It's incredible the way he does it. So if there's like a Mr. Beast level production here, on the other end, the furthest other end of that spectrum is the way I do it. I don't even have like an office helper. I have no one. So I do everything when it comes to like mopping the floors and taking out my trash bags at the end of the day to holding the camera, doing all the cinematography, doing all the writing, doing all the editing, changing lenses. Every aspect of the production I do myself and I love it. Like it's my favorite part is the doing. When I see these big sets like two, three, four, five, Six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine people in this room to make this video right now. You're very lovely people. But it's like, a, it's a lot of management. It's a lot of thinking. I just want to be like that painter in his studio painting the canvas by himself. I just don't know how to paint, so I use cameras and my, like, MacBook. Did Casey Neistat climb Mount Everest? No, I didn't climb Mount Everest. In fairness, there is like a really epic thumbnail of me on YouTube from when I climbed a mountain called Aconcagua, which is the highest mountain in the Southern Hemisphere. 23,000 feet, I think. And I climbed that. And I had this like plan when I was younger to climb all the seven summits, like the seven highest peaks on all seven continents. I did Africa, Kilimanjaro, piece of cake, you should do that. And then number two was Aconcagua. And after we got to the top of the mountain, I was like, fuck this, like I'm done. Like I did two of the seven summits, but no, I did not climb Mount Everest. And I never will. Does Casey Neistat own 368? 368 is a company that I started in 2019 with a fantastic guy named Paul Lays. 368 is a, a collaborative production event space in downtown New York City. And 368 is very much still alive and operating all the time. I don't own it and I don't run it. When I moved out of New York City to Los Angeles to be closer to family in 2020, I kind of gave Paul the keys to 368 and he has been realizing that vision ever since. So I still, I was in there yesterday. I see it every day. I talk to Paul all the time. I love what 368 is doing. But like, you know, again, I'm just alone in my office taking out the garbage and mopping the floors. I feel like I'm finding a rhythm. Casey and I said electric skateboard. Is that a question? I got a present in the mail. I want to say 2015. I don't know. It's on camera. But it was a boosted board, which is a name brand of an electric skateboard. I fell in love. It's the greatest thing ever. And since getting that, like I no longer ride bikes in New York City. I don't take the subway in New York City. I don't take taxis or Ubers in New York City. The only way I get around is on a boosted board. Now, regrettably, boosted board, the company went out of business in like 2018 or 2019. Sanjay, the founder, it was not his fault. These guys came in, they're like, we gotta make the company bigger. Let's make a scooter. Nobody wants a scooter and they tanked the company. So I bought like 20 of them and I still ride Boosted boards. So yes, if that was a question, yes, Casey Neistat, electric skateboard. Casey Neistat, YouTube stats. I looked at my YouTube app yesterday and I have lost 6,000 subscribers this month. So I think I have like 12 and a half million subscribers. And no joke, every time I post a video, there's like this subtle, like I posted a video about the, like when New York City got flooded a week and a half ago. That gave me like 20,000 new subscribers. Then sometimes I'll post videos about like my kids or something. I'll lose subscribers. Not nice world. Up until my first, I think 170 million views. It took 170 million views for me to get to, 
I think around 300,000 subscribers. And that was like seven years. And then I started my daily vlog, like a daily show on YouTube. I posted a video every single day. Um, that was like kind of consistent. So it was like a, an episodic. So seven years to get to 300,000 subscribers, 12 months to get to 10 million subscribers. Maybe it was 18 months, something, but it was insane. That kind of growth. And I think that speaks to like, one, flattered, and that people liked my videos for sure. But I also think like, to get to a place where you're actually, people want to subscribe, like, I would like to see more videos from this channel. People like to know what they're getting. And I think that that was the first time I ever did anything with real consistency. And it's like, oh, here's a channel that uploads every day, and I like this kind of stuff. I would like to see more of that. And now, like, I don't know, I'll go three months without uploading if I get distracted. So, like, when you click subscribe right now, I have no idea what's going to be on the other side of that. And I think it's a much less enticing offer. If subscribership is a goal of aspiring creators, it's like, you got to be consistent and constant. Casey Neistat's first video. My first like real video that I think people know about is a video called iPod's Dirty Secret, which I made in 2013 with my big brother Van. And it was about how like the first iPods, Apple wouldn't replace the battery in them. So when like this $300 iPod died, you had to go buy a new iPod. I was really pissed because I didn't have any money. So I was like, Van, let's make a video about this. And we made this funny video where we put like cigarette warning labels all over the iPod advertisements all around New York City. When I think of like what was the first real video that kind of started the whole 20 year trajectory, that was the video. It's nice to have bike lanes. I guess that I could have said too. Bike lanes was like the first video on my YouTube channel now that really popped off. So like before YouTube, you know, I was like doing commercial direction and I had a show on HBO that my brother Van and I wrote and directed and edited and we did all kinds of stuff in the movie world. But like, you know, YouTube didn't come out till 2006 and then 2008 or nine is when I started my channel. And I made a video called Bike Lane shortly thereafter where I got a ticket from an NYPD, like a cop, for riding my bike like outside of the bike lane, which is preposterous. If you've ever been in New York City, there's no way to stay in the bike lanes. So I made this video that just showed you can't ride in the bike lanes because you'll crash into stuff. I illustrated that by crashing into everything I found in the bike lanes. That video went crazy. That video had like millions of views and brought all kinds of attention to my channel. That video, you know, maybe more than anything else on my YouTube channel really motivated me to like, oh, I should be taking, posting videos online more seriously. Casey Neistat equipment. I don't romanticize the equipment. In fact, I find like when I meet photographers, cinematographers, filmmakers, and they want to talk about the gear, it's like talking to John Mayer about what guitar he likes to use. I want to know about your music. Like, how do you come up with those sounds? Like, how do you come up with your lyrics? Like, how do you do what you do? So like when people want to talk about gear, I don't, like I kind of, I think it's like an insult. It's like when you say somebody's nice, it's the worst thing you can say about them because it means you have nothing interesting to say about that person because you just say they're nice. Do we have more of these or? This is the last one? I mean, we can bust out the computer and just keep going. I have so many more answers. Casey has that marathon time. Am I supposed to start up top? Is it gonna screw up the whole video? Do you want me to like go in reverse? Let's go in reverse. I'm giving the whole story. How much film do you have in these cameras? It's digital, they can roll forever. In 2006 or something like that, I got in a motorcycle accident. This whole leg had to be rebuilt out of metal. So from my knee to my hip, and my hip eight inches in is all titanium. My orthopedist said to me, you'll never run again. And he's like, you might be able to chase after your kids, but you're never gonna be a runner again. And since then, I've run you know, 24, 25 marathons with a single goal, and that single goal was to break three hours. And three hours is like, if you watch like the fast guys, the winners, three hours is as slow as can be. 
But for like a novice, three hours is like a real benchmark. It means you're running a six minute and 54 second mile 26 times in a row. That is like the goal for me. And in 15 years and 24 marathons, I've never done it, but I have run a 301 this close. Casey Neistat knee injury. Hey, I kind of addressed that. Really wove that one in. It's a femur injury. My knees now are also messed up because of this injury. I compensate because it's all metal over here. That messes up my knees, but like the legs are fine. I did nine miles this morning. Did 18 yesterday. I'm good. Casey Neistat airplane. I know what they're getting at here. Flying first class was like something that was like the thing that you like walk through and try not to make eye contact because it's like this dream that I could never imagine. Like if a kit ticket costs 600 bucks, in what world are you gonna spend two grand to sit in a slightly better seat? It was an unimaginable thing. Okay, then I had to fly to Australia for work and I was flying for Google. Google's got the, uh, you know what I'm talking about. See how it says YouTube right there? Yeah, they're getting paid for this. They flew me business class, which is nothing to shake a stick at. And I was so blown away about the business class that I made a video flying to Australia about how awesome business class was. The airline saw that video while I was in Australia. On my way back to New York from Sydney, I'm in the airport and like somebody comes up to me from the airline and they're like, huh, Mr. Neistat. And I was like, shit, busted for something, and instead they were like, we've upgraded you to first class. And I got to like sit in first class with like a lay flat bed and like a door and all this stuff. But I had my backpack with all my camera gear with me. So I produced this like highly produced video of what it was like to experience first class. I posted that video on YouTube and that video has done more views than any video I've ever made. I think it's like 60 million views or something outrageous. And like got all this news press because nobody ever really like made that thing kind of video before. Now there's like 10,000 of those videos. They're all interesting. But there was a shower on the plane. You're in the sky and you're showering. There's a little light. It goes green, yellow, red. And you got to get all that soap off before it hits red. Otherwise, it can be a very sticky flight home. He's a nice that Nantucket. In 2000 seven or six or something like that, my brother Van and I met a guy who started a juice brand called Nantucket Nectars. His name's Tom. And he went on to like produce our HBO show. And then Tom and I were partners. Because of that, I got to like go to Nantucket, which was a place that was like a home for him. And we premiered a video, it might have been our HBO series at the Nantucket Film Festival. So we've always had this relationship with Nantucket, which is like this little tiny island off the coast of Massachusetts. I always loved it there. My family and I vacationed there. It's a really special place. Like I'd rather be there than anywhere in the world except for New York City. It's my second favorite place in the world. Okay. Does this mean this is the last question? You know what I could do? No, it doesn't work. Okay. This is a terrible, uninteresting question to end on. We can sharpie a final question here. Blog music. I have like people all around the world that email me or DM me and they're like, hey, can I send you some music for me to use in the videos? And I say, totally. They do. And that's where I get my blog music from. I don't know how to make music. I just know what sounds right. And my rule with people who send me the music is like, if it's just a video I post on YouTube, I credit you and I'll, I'll send you as much attention as I can. If it's like a commercial, like if you're how to get paid for it, I always send them a nice cut. Is there any other question that's better for me to end on? I have to admit, I was like a little bit timid because I know that like sometimes if you Google somebody, you might see some stuff that's unsavory. But I would say you guys did an excellent job of protecting me from that.
So now that I've seen the behind the scenes, I just appreciate the discretion. Appreciate you guys looking out for me. Thank you for having me, and I look forward to doing the sequel to this, where we're gonna have to come up with like 60 more questions about stuff. I don't think we can talk about running anymore. All right, thanks for having me. <laughs> it sucks, I can't look. <laughs>